Is reading the Bible a challenge for you? Is it a struggle to get a whole chapter in without yawning, without feeling distracted, without thoughts in your head of all the other things you could be doing? Look, I'm here today not to tell you it's all in your head, but to give you some insight and the truth as to why that is. God's word is powerful. Reading the Bible will change everything for you. Is it a challenge? Yes. Yes, it is. So let's talk about it. Welcome to His Word, My Walk, where my desire is to ignite your spirit, elevate your mind, and yes, even challenge your body. I'm your host, Kayla, just your girl next door, healthy Christian lifestyle mentor. And for the next 20 minutes, I'll be here in your ear to drop some truth, encourage you, lift you up, and share insight from my own life about how God's Word and my daily walk go together. So lace up your sneakers, head out the door, and let's get into it. All right, y'all, let's get right into this. The Bible, reading the Bible, devotions, Bible study, quiet time, spending time with God in His Word. However you choose to say it, let's go there today. Because if you don't know, that's kind of my jam. (laughs) After years of being a believer, going to church, doing all the things, including earning a second degree studying the Bible in 2010, it was actually in 2017 that I made the commitment and picked up the Bible to read it every single day. It's a story I share so openly and honestly because I believe so many other believers get into the same situation. I literally was doing all the things. Looking from the outside, shoot, not even looking from the outside, but like from the inside too. I thought I had it all together. I thought I was on fire for God. I thought I was living such an incredible Christian life. And I was. Yet still I felt like there could be more. But how could there be more? I was watching sermons like at least three to five each week. I was hitting church twice a week. I had gone back to school at 30 years old to learn to study the Bible more in depth. I had worked for a large church, then even started a youth ministry at a smaller church, planned the weekly lessons and everything. I could quote scripture. I had verses memorized. I knew how to properly interpret the Bible. I had studied the history. I was walking to church every Sunday and Wednesday with the Bible and notebook and taking all the notes, rereading the notes throughout the week. Seriously, all the things. And then 2017. I was living in California with my niece and newborn nephew. Auntie life is real to me, y'all. I was full-time living in, hands-on, all of it. I gave up my morning gym time and committed to reading a Christian lifestyle, self-help, whatever you want to call it, kind of book. This was another sacrifice, another step, another leap of growth in my relationship with God. I wasn't really into reading, but I was committed, so much so that every morning I would wake up and read one chapter of a book and take notes. Joyce Meyer, T.D. Jakes, whatever it was. And then it happened. I was in the middle of a Joyce Meyer book when the statement that changed my life hit me. I cannot even tell you who said it, where I heard it, how it happened, where I was. All I know is the statement. So I give credit to the Holy Spirit. Here it is. The statement that changed everything. Time about God is not the same as time with God. Let me say it again if you haven't heard me say it enough in the past six years. Time about God is not the same as time with God changed everything. It was that day that I set aside the book I was reading and committed to that same one chapter a day of the Bible. And I have been going ever since. See, a real relationship is about time 
putting in time together. You can know all the things about. You can know all of LeBron James, all of his stats. You can read books about him, watch his games. You can play video games with him as your guy. You can follow him on social media, follow his kids, imitate his moves, wear his jersey, his shoes, his name across your back. And even with all that, how real is your relationship? There's a cap on it, right? Because you aren't actually spending time together. You're not actually having conversations just he and you. You're not actually sitting together. You're not actually speaking to him and he's not actually speaking to you. That is what changed for me. And that is why I picked up the Bible. Not as a Christian to do, not as a carry this to church with me, not as a textbook in Bible school, not as a, hey, everybody, look, I'm a Christian, but as one who truly desired a deeper relationship with God. And now, well, it's been since 2017 that I have consistently spent time with God in his word. No, really, daily. My Bible, my paper Bible, is never left home on a vacation, whether I'm gone for one night or two months. My Bible is where I go to hear God, to get confirmation from Him, to learn, to sit, to to be in relationship with Him. I even had to get a new Bible last year because the one I had got so worn out that it just wouldn't stay together anymore. I have grown exponentially since 2017. I've grown exponentially in hearing the Lord, hearing His direction, His guidance, His love, His mercy. I've grown exponentially in understanding who He is. And all that is from really digging in, really spending that time with Him in His Word every day. Okay, I got to jump into these points for today. All that pre-story to lay this out there. Reading the Bible is a challenge. Reading the Bible is not easy. Reading the Bible is not comfortable. And today I want to talk all about why. Why is it that it's so hard to sit and read the Bible? Why is it that your mind goes wild with so many tasks you need to get done? Why is it that all of a sudden you're hungry, you're thirsty, someone needs you, you're yawning like crazy, yet you have no problem binge watching a five-part series on Netflix? I hear you. I get it. Reading the Bible is a challenge. So I've got three points to share with you to help you understand this challenge. And if you implement these three steps into your life, my prayer is that, well, my prayer is not that the challenge goes away, but that you handle it head on. Okay, number one, respect the challenge. Respect the challenge. Here's the thing. One of the easiest ways to lose in any game, any battle, any fight is when you don't respect the opposition. And if there's one thing you remember today, let it be this. When you open the Bible, you are facing opposition. The enemy is real. The one enemy, Satan. See, you may think there's all these forces against you. Time, patience, reading speed, kids needing things, distractions, your own attention span. But hear me clearly. There is one enemy. And that one enemy will do whatever he can to stop you, to derail you, to lie to you in order to keep you from the truth of who God is. And do you know where that truth is recorded? Yeah, the Bible. (laughs) Respect the challenge. Look, if the Bible were just a book, you would have no problem reading it. Okay, I just looked right now. The Bible I read from every day, it's 1,116 pages. Is that a lot? Yeah. But if I told you my college anatomy and physiology book was 1,280 pages, I read that book cover to cover. Sure, it had pictures and charts, but I read it and I read it not being able to pronounce every word correctly. See, what I really want you to understand 
is that in order to read the Bible, in order to grow in your relationship with God by reading His Word, you need to first respect the challenge. You need to know this is going to be a challenge. I think too often we send people on their way with a new Bible and just tell them to read it. Tell them that's the key to life almost. But we as believers don't disciple others enough. We don't help them understand not just the words, not just how to properly know the context, but to understand that this will be a challenge and here's why. Let's go back to the beginning. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, it says this, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat fruit from any tree in the garden? Now, there's a chance you've heard this taught so many times. Well, let's talk through it again. The serpent, the representative of Satan, the enemy, the one enemy, remember that. He was the shrewdest, another version says the most crafty of all. And the first thing he ever says is, did God really say? Now, do you really think he's switched up his tactics that much? That one worked then, and it's been working for thousands of years. I bet, in fact, I know he's still using the same tactic. Did God really say? The problem is many of us don't know what God really said because we aren't reading the Bible. If the enemy can keep us from reading the Bible, then he can keep us from knowing truly what God really said. Y'all, this isn't a game. And it's not a game to him either. Reading the Bible is a challenge because there is an adversary out there trying his best to deceive you and cause you to quit, cause you to stop, cause you to believe you don't need to do it. How many books have you read or listened to in your lifetime? Shoot, maybe I could even ask how many you have read or listened to in the last year, the last six months. So with that, the problem is not that you can't read. The problem is not that you can't read that many pages. Remember what I said about my anatomy textbooks in college? Yeah, I couldn't understand or pronounce every word in that book, but I still understood the concept. I still got the big picture. I still read the book and passed the class. Here, maybe this will help you. Anti-life. <laughs> My niece, when she was seven and eight years old, she read all the Harry Potter books cover to cover. The adult set. Do you know how big those books are? They're huge. I actually called to ask her how many pages were in all of them. And as much as she was like all for adding them up, I ended up just Googling it instead. But it said on Google that the first seven books of the series, 4,100 pages total. And do you know how long it took her to read that as a seven and eight year old? Not even one year not even close to one year. I think I shared this before, but I've never read any of the books or seen the movies, but she was telling me about one of the characters named Ginny. And I was like, um, I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Ginny. And I know this because I went to school with a girl named Ginny. I also just Googled it on YouTube as I was preparing for this episode just to make sure I'm right. But did pronouncing the names wrong make my niece not understand the book? No. In fact, we actually gave her a notepad and pen and she would make a list of words that she didn't know. And then we would talk about it afterward. But she fully understood the book and she kept reading. 4,100 pages done. So I need you to know this. The Bible is not just a book. If it were just a book, you'd have no problem reading it. This is truly the word of God. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 makes it so clear. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. The word of God is alive. It's not only sharper than a two-edged sword, it is our sword. Ephesians chapter 6, Paul is telling the Ephesians about the armor of God, the armor to put on every day. Why? 
verse 12 tells us why. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers of this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then, after the battle, you will be standing firm. Well, what does he say about the Bible? He says, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Come on, y'all. We need to know the Word. You've got a weapon in battle. Actually, the only piece of the armor of God that is actually a weapon, right? Everything else is like defensive or protective, like the belt, the helmet, the breastplate, the shoes. God's Word is the sword. And what's the one thing the enemy would probably like to take from your armor? I'd say the sword, the weapon, that's probably a good place to start. It is not time to be naive. Yes, reading the Bible is a challenge. That is a strategic plan of the enemy. So respect the challenge. Okay, the second point I want to share with you is this. Rise to the challenge. We've clearly recognized that the enemy, Satan, will do whatever he can to keep you from reading the Bible. But will you let that stop you? And I truly want you to think about this. Now that you know it's a challenge, and it's a challenge on purpose, on assignment from the enemy, what are you going to do about it? When the enemy fights you in other areas of your life, what do you do? Do you give up? No, you face the challenge. You rise to the challenge. Attacking your health or the health of your family. You rise to the challenge. You face the challenge head on and you fight back. What about when the enemy lies to you about your future, about your financial security, about your own worth? Do you cower and give up? No, you rise to the challenge. You fight back. You work hard. You do all you can to prove him wrong and God right. Then let me ask you again. What about the Bible? What about your relationship with God? Do you know it's actually statistically proven that families have the most fights on Sunday mornings as they're trying to head to church? Like that's a legit statistic. The kids running amok. Someone's running late. Breakfast spills on a shirt. Traffic is crazy. Husband and wife not talking because of who knows what. Anything the enemy can do to stop you from getting to church, from being together with fellow believers, from worshiping God together, he's all about it. Anything. The thing is, we often don't think about the Bible the same way. We don't recognize the enemy as the one keeping us from digging deeper, from understanding, from reading, from hearing God's word day in and day out as it's accessible to literally our fingertips 24-7. Open your eyes. These are all strategies of the enemy. This challenge is from the enemy. Rise to the challenge. If you think church is enough to keep you going, If you think listening to gospel music, to worship music, if you think it's going to keep you in peace forever, if you think the latest T.D. Jakes book, the latest Michael Todd book, the latest Priscilla Shire movie, the latest Bethel album, if you think those things are going to keep you, like literally keep you, I need you to think again. You are in a fight. You are in a battle. There is one enemy. And the way to fight back is to speak God's truth, to speak God's word, to speak the name of Jesus. The enemy knows who God is. He's been here from the start. The enemy knows how God came through for the Israelites when they were captive. So he knows how God will come through for you. But do you know? See, if he can keep you from knowing, then he's got a leg up. If he can keep you thinking, oh, the Old Testament, none of that applies to me today. It's all just names after names after names. I can't get into that. Okay, the enemy knows that. And he's like, great. (laughs) No, Rise to the challenge. Fight for it. Face the challenge head on. Remember, respect the challenge. I'm not saying you have to respect Satan. 
I don't know how that comes out grammatically in all the things, but you've got to recognize he's real too and that he will do all he can to keep you from the truth. So I will say, respect the challenge. Respect your opponent in such a way that you don't just sit back and think it's going to be a cakewalk. That's how you end up defeated. That's how NBA teams end up losing in a game to a team that should never have beat them. They didn't respect the opposition. They didn't respect the challenge. Look, you don't have to respect Satan. I'm not going to tell you that. But I am going to put it out there to respect the challenges he's throwing your way. They are real challenges. Man, I went back on a tangent about point number one for a second, but I had to. I need you to recognize why it's such a challenge to read the Bible. Respect the challenge and then rise to the challenge. And finally, number three, record the victory. Oh, this one just came out right now. Like that wasn't even the point I was prepared to share. But thank you, Holy Spirit, because it's so good. Record the victory. God's victory. Jesus's victory on earth. They are recorded. They are written and recorded. Where? Yeah, the Bible. (laughs) God made sure to record the victory, knowing that one day you would be here and struggling with something that, you know what? Someone else went through thousands of years ago. And what happened to them? God came through. And you know what else? It's recorded. God recorded the victory. I was talking to someone the other day about the Bible, about the most important verses. And I shared this in a previous episode too. So we often think about like John 3.16 or about Jeremiah 29.11, about verses that give us hope, give us victory, give us authority as children of God. But in that moment, I couldn't help but think, and now I actually stand on these two verses as like, for me, what are the most important verses in the Bible? It's Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. I am the Lord and I do not change. That's it. God recorded the victory and it's all here for us to know. And why do we know it? Because he doesn't change. Many of y'all know journaling has become something that I love and has helped me to grow in my relationship with God and understanding of how I hear his voice through his word. One of my favorite parts of journaling is going back through old journals. What was I going through? How did God help me through that? What scripture encouraged me right then and there? When I write about answered prayer, about breakthrough, about clarity, about even just feeling better from having a cold, that is evidence. That is recorded victory knowing that God is my healer. And if he did it for me then, he will come through this time too. God is the same. He doesn't change. Do you know what else recording the victory does? It is a constant and permanent reminder to the enemy that, hey bro, I rose to the challenge. I'm still here. I'm in this. I'm fighting. And we have the victory. Sometimes we can't see the victory as victory yet. And that's okay. But we know it's coming. And how do we know it's coming? Because God is the same. He does not change. I'm almost out of time, y'all. But one of the women I mentor, we were meeting a couple weeks ago and she kept bringing up Job. Now, if you don't know, Job is the man in the Bible who lost everything. It's a rough time. He goes through it. And I let her share. I let her share her struggles, her frustrations, everything she felt she was fighting through and feeling beat down about. This is all real. These struggles are real. And to have a heart of compassion and empathy is necessary. And so is knowing the victory is recorded. When was the last time you spoke about Job in the Bible and mentioned what happened in the last chapter? Do you know what happened in the last chapter? Oh, I'll tell you. (laughs) Job chapter 42, the last chapter, 42. So the first 41 chapters, 
It's a mess. He's going through it. Job chapter 42 verse 10 says this, When Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes. In fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as before. It goes on more after that and more after that and more after that. The victory is recorded. Look, if you need some guidance, need some help, need a push, need some encouragement when it comes to reading the Bible, I am your girl. (laughs) This truly is what I get to help others do, and I get so, so, so pumped up about it. Bible Journaling Bootcamp is my 30-day program that'll take you from questions and insecurity to confidently and consistently spending time with God in His Word and hearing and understanding His voice in your life. This program runs at least four times a year, so head to kaylapraise.com or just to the show notes to find the next start date. And if that program's not for you, but you just have some questions and need some encouragement, hit me up. Send me a DM on social media, send me an email, whatever you need. I am here to encourage you and to help you grow in your relationship with God. And just know the first thing I'm coming at you with is how's your time with God's word going? (laughs) I pray this episode opened your eyes in a fresh way. The enemy's not playing, so you can't either. Yes, reading the Bible is a challenge. That's on purpose. But hey, your purpose through God surpasses anything you face here on earth. So respect the challenge rise to the challenge, and then record the victory. Thank you for joining me this week. My prayer is that this episode was able to ignite your spirit, elevate your mind, and challenge your body. The His Word My Walk podcast is here to serve you. So if you haven't already, you can check out more of my programs and services at hiswordmywalkpodcast.com. You can also find me on Instagram at Kayla Praise. If you could do me a quick favor and leave a written review in your listening app, I would really appreciate it. I'll see you next time.